please remember to watch your language. Look, I can't speak without swearing, and I've only got my grade 10, and I haven't had a cigarette since I've been arrested, and I'm ready to f***ing snap. So I'd like to make a request under the People's Freedom of Choices and Voices Act that I'd be able to smoke and swear in your courtroom. Because if I can't smoke and swear, I'm f***ed. The following programming may contain content that some listeners find offensive. If you are sensitive to foul language or explicit content, please turn your radio the f*** off now. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Chris Cresswell from the Flatliners. You're listening to Rocket from Russia on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada.
Hello, 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 you're listening to the radio station CITR on 101.9 FM in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. This is correct information, hopefully, hopefully everything is going great. Uh, this is weekly punk rock radio show and it is called Rocket from Russia. This is happening on CITR. Welcome to the show, my friends. I started off the show with a band called The Flatliners. Uh, that was a song called Sue My Mouth Shut from their last studio album called Dead Language, which came out in 2013, I believe. That was great. I interviewed Chris and Stu from UFDK, and we will hear this interview in a couple of weeks. It was a great interview, but I just wanted to uh, let you know that that happened, and this is coming up relatively soon on Rocket from Russia. Uh, today on the show, I will play you another interview, and this is an interview with Steezer Crack, also known as Scott Sturgeon from the band called Left Old Crack, Chuck Kumwickham, Start Fucking Hipsters, No Commercial Value, and The Crack Rock Steady 7. Uh, so, good, I think it turned out pretty good uh, conversation. Uh, before we start listening to the interview and listening to Leftover Crack, uh, first of all, they played two uh, great shows. I think both were sold out. Yes, I think they were both sold out on Canada Day and July 2nd at the venue. It was great. I went both nights and I had a wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, before we start listening, I'd like to say a couple of things uh, because I would like to mention that... Uh, uh, Funny enough that the interview, during the interview with Leftover Crack, I came across problems with authorities. How about that? Uh, well, it was not really authorities, it was a security guard, but it was pretty windy that day, and that uh, usually affects the quality of recording. So we found a very good quiet space. I already done a couple of interviews before, so I know which are good spaces to uh, make the recording sound relatively, um, relatively mediocre, professional. Uh, so we found a good place. But 15 minutes into the interview, we were kicked out by a security guard from that spot. Uh, that also kind of affected the quality of the recording. So I'd like to apologize in advance. There will be some moments when it's not very clear to say what's happening, but I decided to keep them in the interview. I tried to use some. Uh, noise removals, but uh, it didn't sound very, very well, so I decided to keep it as original. Uh, so S- Scott Sturgeon, uh, also known as Stizicrack from Leftover Crack, he had to go and do the sound check, so we didn't really have too much time and too much room time management room to do any, like, you know, oh, let's do it later, let's do it at a different spot. Uh, so yeah, that's out quencher. I just wanted to apologize ahead of time. Uh, all right, uh, we had a pretty lengthy chat and not everything made it to the interview. I kept a few questions out and I will play them also sometime down the road. Uh, but uh, how about we just start listening to the music? So I'll play the interview with uh, Scott Sturgeon, also known as Tiza Crack. He was joined by Brad Logan, guitarist of um, Leftover Crack. But before we listen to the part one, how about we listen to the song from their brand new studio album called Constructs of the State, which came out last year. And this song is called Don't Shoot. You listen listening to Rock from Russia.
That was Don't Shoot by Leftover Crack from the new album called Constructs of State. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's start listening to the interview. And I played this song on the show before, but I played this song uh, for you because uh, there will be. We talked a little bit about uh, this uh, song in the first part of the interview. Uh, the first part of the interview, I asked uh, I asked uh, Scott Surgeon about the uh, brand new album Constructs on the State and how the songs made it to the album. Um, and he said that those songs, some of those songs, were written over the past four years. Uh, but there are also some re-recorded versions of his older band called No Commercial Value, so he'll tell the story about that, and after the first part of the interview, I'll play you the original version from 25 years ago, and then a brand new version of that song um, from last year. It's a quite interesting transition, you can definitely see how the song developed. Okay, let's do it, this is part one of my conversation with Caesar Crack of Leftover Crack, and we talked about the brand new studio album called uh, Construct of the State, which came out on Fat Crack Course. You're listening to Rocket from Russia. Sturgeon, welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. We are very excited that you treated us with two shows. Yeah, we're excited to be here. We didn't think we were going to make it. We're even more excited. Yeah. In one of your previous in- interviews, you said that the next Leftover Crack record will only be released if it meets the standards of your first two records. And I think that Constructs of the State definitely meets the standards of your first two records. In my opinion, it's one of the best records released last year. Could you please talk a little bit about this batch of songs? Because I know that Don't Shoot and System Fucked was written back in 2011. Mm-hmm. And for example, Lie of Luck was written relatively new. So could you please explain how did you pick those 13 songs uh, for the record? Well, we... Um, I started writing uh, music for the new record in a, at the end of 2011 and uh, I did, you know, I recorded drums on a four track and bass and, and some guitars and so basically like like you said, like System Fucked and Don't Shoot were pretty much written each in a day and we pretty much had uh, a very similar arrangement to what I recorded in the beginning, though we did add parts to it and stuff, and uh, and change stuff around when when we played all the stuff with the band, because you kind of don't really know, you know. You, I, I wanted the songs to sound as good as they could sound, and that's not necessarily the original four-track version. Mm-hmm. I just try and get the idea of what the song's gonna sound like. But those two uh, resemble the original recording more than probably any other songs on the record. But you know, I didn't write the lyrics to those songs. Those were like. The two last lyrics I wrote because I liked those songs so much, and I was really worried that I was going to mess them up by by putting lyrics on them. And I was very picky about how I was going to do it. I didn't really know what I was going to do. It was like it really took four years for me to like to finally um, to finalize what the lyrics and vocal melodies were for those songs. So I had this music forever, um, and the band knew how to play those songs. The first they were the first songs they learned, but. I just, it just didn't click with me what I should sing and how I should sing it. Um, but I'm happy with what it, we ended up with, you know? Um, the other songs, a couple of the songs on that record were um, were no commercial value songs. Wow. In, yeah, so some of the, the music, really it's the music. Which some, songs? I'm just curious, this is crazy um, to me. Corrupt Vision, uh, I need like a track listing. Corrupt Visions, comes to mind more than anything as uh, being a song that that was one of the first no commercial value songs and um, it was used to be called the choice is yours and uh, it was something that me and Alec our bass player who's still in, in leftover crack used to play in our first band together 
and uh, um, the lyrics are all different. But uh, and we added an extra part to it. But uh, the basic, the verses and the cor- the choruses are pretty close to what it originally was, and that was uh, written. I'd say about 25 years ago, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe 23. You know, to be fair, <laughs> 23, 24. Um, yeah, but those are songs that were never properly recorded. But if you actually go on to YouTube, you can find uh, the they were on our demo, our like uh, self-release, no, no commercial value uh-huh. demo, and uh, I think you'll find it. There's like a photograph of a band that's not no commercial value. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like a, some three-piece band that had a, had a female bass player and vocalist, but uh, we were actually a four-piece, and we had a female vocalist, and I played guitar and sang, and Alec played bass, and we had a different drummer. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I like to plunder stuff from back in the day, like when I'm writing stuff. Was, a lot of it was good, good music and stuff, and it just never got the proper treatment of recording in a decent studio. So uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. I figured that uh, some, you know, it's not like. We're stealing other people's songs, or my songs, or yeah. our songs, and mine and Alex. But uh, yeah, there's actually a couple other songs that we recorded for this record that didn't make it on there that were also no commercial value songs, and so were some of the original Choking Victim songs, and so and and so on. Like in all the bands that I have, we uh, still have songs that haven't been recorded well yet, wow. and and uh, more to come. More to come. Yeah, we have we have like five songs that didn't make the record. So wow. the other ones we just kind of. Uh, wrote you know same thing like music came first and then uh towards the end of the recording process i made up the vocal melodies and the lyrics and then uh there's a couple songs there's two songs in particular that are two of my favorites that were written and recorded right after everything you know we already had like 15 or 16 songs and then the lie of luck and um, vicious constructs. Did I say vicious? Corrupt Vision was the song that was no, a no, 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 song. Yeah, yeah. I said that right. I didn't. Yeah. Sometimes I'll get vicious constructs and corrupt vision because they're voice V and C, <laughs> yeah. and I'll get them mixed up and I'll confuse myself as to what. Chuck and Victor C and V. I didn't even know that. Corrupt vision, vicious constructs. Yeah, there you go. That's cool, man. <laughs> um, and actually, um, Choking Victims logo came out of the No Commercial Value logo <laughs> because it was um, NCV, which I actually can show you real quick. You can't see it on the radio, but that's the No Commercial Value logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then obviously that's CV. the Choking Victim logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the theme. Yeah, it's weird. Wow. It's funny you put it together. Um, crack Full the circle. code. Yeah, it's, it's funny. <laughs>
the live luck was a good example of after everything else was recorded um we had to track like one or two more songs and one of them was um vicious constructs and uh we were tracking that and i was in the studio with um with Chris and Donnie, our drummer and, and, and newer guitar player, both from a band called Introspect that I know people in Russia, I like them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen their shirts there. They were really excited about that when we went on tour <laughs> out there and people were into it. I love, I love um, Introspect. In fact, I don't know if you know, but uh, The War at Home was a collaboration between me and Introspect. And, uh, and we, we did a, a record where I collaborated on like three or four songs with those yeah, guys. Yeah, that's why trash. That's why trash. Um, oh man, that's that's version. Yeah, Whoa. it's good. Yeah, that was on my that a long time. That was on my alarm. Oh cool. You, for years. Yeah. I, One of us. And yeah. it was, I used to wake I up need to that. hear that again. I haven't heard that version of that song. Or the other, I think there's one or two other songs that we collaborated on, including um, a song called Goodbye, Goodnight. Real Pulled. And um, no. I feel like there's one other, but I might be wrong. I might have just sang on one of their things. But um, but I always thought that uh, the War at Home needed, like I was never happy with my, vo my vocals on it. Because we recorded it at the end of a tour in 2005 or 2004 that we did with Introspect in a closet in Lawrence, Kansas, that where Brad and, and Kristen live, Brad Logan, our, our um, original guitar player that's still in the band, and, um, and his wife lived in Lawrence, Kansas for a while. And um, so we ended a tour there, and then my voice was a shot. I was like, eh. And uh, you can tell a little bit, it's pretty, it's a little bit rough on that record. If you listen to that song in particular, my voice isn't that great, but uh, uh, I wanted to re-record it. We never got to do that. And then on the new record, I wanted to write a song about um, border, the border politics between the United States and Mexico. And uh, I played the, um, I played the war at home for a friend of mine saying like, hey, uh, I want to do a song with these kind of lyrics in them, same themes. Um, and, and they said, well, don't you just do that song again? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know, we, we now we have Donnie and Chris in the band. They weren't in the band before. And they're both on that song, on, and they're both from Introspect. So I was like, yeah, it's a good time to do it. And I'm happy with the new version. I think uh, the old version also has some charm to it that, that didn't make it onto this version that I wish I could have. Transition? I, I think, like, some of the backup vocals could have been, uh, you know, uh, a little quieter in parts and louder in other parts. But um, all in all, I'm very happy with it. And it really, like was a great ender for the record. Um, yeah, so the the record, in a way, it's like, a, there's a lot of new songs that we actually wrote and recorded in the last few years, but I'd say there's a good, like, a good quarter of it, or a third of it, maybe, is um, old No Commercial Value songs and kind of cover song. It's like, cover songs in the way that, um, Last Legs is actually a Blackbird Round song, and then we have our own arrangement of it, and we have them come and, and, and do it with us, and that's kind of, um, it's, I just, you know, I wanted the record to be good. That was like the most important part. Um, we had our friends in a band called Chewing on Tinfoil. Oh, yeah, yeah. They helped, they wrote a song on acoustic guitar. The singer, um, Stu, wrote a song for me called The Dead, and we actually, took his version, his acoustic version, and made a um, kind of a ska punk version of it. And uh, it didn't make it to the record because the vocals weren't 100% in key yet. And uh, I think that the lyrics need a little tweaking, but it's one of the best songs that we recorded. It just wasn't finished. And 
at one point we had like we definitely had 13 songs that were great we we actually had, like 16 songs that were great but three of them weren't finished enough and we, at a certain point I was like well we have the record I'm just going to concentrate on these 13 uh-huh. and these other ones we'll, we'll finish and we'll put out an EP or we'll put them on our next record or something uh-huh. which will probably happen in the next year we'll start going in the studio again and hopefully you know we have some other stuff we need to release beforehand but um, I figure maybe 2017 we'll put out another EP or record that's uh-huh. original material um, yeah, I don't want to go on too long because I know that we have to end this uh, can sound check <laughs> at some point, but uh, I'll just do a quick recap of what we have coming up that's planned. We haven't, you know, it's not 100% for sure, but we, um, I think the next thing we want to do is put all our B-sides and our 7-inches and split sides with other people and make a compilation of that. For old bands or just Leftover Crack? For just for Leftover Crack. Uh-huh. For like, um... You know, we have our uh, split with Scissor Fish, our split with F minus that we called when we were called Crack Rocks A7. We have our first seven inch yeah. and demo stuff that uh, was released um, on, a, on a different label that we don't really get along with anymore and have, hasn't paid me in over 10 years. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, we also have um, tracks that we gave to comps and stuff like that. We have yeah. a version of um, Muppet Nambla with uh, Brody from the Distillers, and we have. Um, we just have all these weird songs that are out there, and I want to put them all together. And Fat Mike said that we could, though he doesn't always remember what he promises he'll do. <laughs> and then I, and then he says, I don't know, I don't want that. I want to do that. But he's into the B sides and thing, split sides. <laughs> but other things we want to do is like re-release Starfucking Hamsters Volume Two, which uh, met opposition with him, but. <laughs> But he's, he's promised to do it, so he's got to do it. <laughs> um, he keeps his promises, even if you got to like fucking uh, you know argue about it with him for a while. Uh, and then we're also working on a covers, '80s cover, like covers. We did some '80s covers in Choking Victim. We played that uh, money changes, money changes everything. everything last and night. And then the Australia song. We did Down Under. We did uh, uh, that Brian Adams, Adams <laughs> song for Canada. Um, and then we have like. We have other songs that we know that we've played and covered, and they're mostly 80s songs, so we're just going to do just an 80s comp of 80s songs. That's Hello, cool. security. Yeah. We're just doing an interview. Yeah, we're just we're playing at the club there. But yeah, we're just doing an interview. Yeah, can go to the court here. Let's go right there or something. Can we can we stay there?
Hello, 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 you are listening to radio station CITR, and this is weekly punk rock radio show entitled Rocket from Russia. My name is Russian Tim, and today on the show I am playing you uh, my interview with Stiza Crack of Leftover Crack, Chucking Victim, Star Fucking Hipsters, No Commercial Value, and The Crack Steady Rock 7. All those bands, uh, as we heard... Uh, Leftover Crack album, like I just we talked about the first of uh, the brand new album um, by the Leftover Crack called Construct of the State, and as you can hear, uh, the album by Leftover Crack is a mix of new songs, old re-release songs, somewhat covers, and it's just like a complete mishmash of different uh, songs. But it has its own style. That's why I like it. I, I like um, uh, songwriting. You can definitely hear a song which is written by him. He definitely is his own style. Even he writes a whole bunch of different genres, like from black metal to reggae and to from, I don't know, some ska music to heavy, heavy punk rock. It all sounds like it's written by one person, and um, that's the beauty of songwriting. Okay, let's quickly go over what I played for you. Um, uh, so we heard the uh, first part of the interview then we heard uh, two versions of the same song the first one was uh, original from 1991 by no commercial value and uh, that was a song called the choice is yours and then we heard the re-recording version of the same song uh, on from their new album called constructs on the state by leftover crack and uh, that version is entitled Cor- corrupt vision and then we heard a song called the war at home that's a song which originally was recorded with introspect but uh, Stiza decided to bring it back and redo it for the new album Constructs of the State with uh, Leftover Crack. Alright my friends, let's move on to the second part of my interview with 
Oops, this crack of leftover crack. And uh, as you heard in the end of the second part of the interview, we kicked out of this nice place where we had no wind and everything was recorded properly. So this part three, four and five of this interview won't sound as uh, clear. And I, like I said, I apologize in, in, in advance, but we got pressured by authorities from a security of uh, some place, which I don't know what it is. Anyhow, let's listen to the version uh, part three of the interview. And uh, this one is we talked about working with Jesse Michaels of Operation Ivy and a song they did together from the new album. Again, it's called System Fuck. So we'll hear uh, the story of working with Jesse and then we'll hear the song. You're listening to Rocket from Russia. This is my interview with Stiza Crack of Leftover Crack. One of my favorite songs on the album is System Fucked. It features uh, Jesse Michaels of Operation Ivy. I know that Operation Ivy was an inflation band to you guys, and you even saw them uh, without Jesse playing in C-Squad uh, when they toured with MDC and Neurosis. I didn't actually see that show. Oh, you didn't see it? I just know I'm it sure. happened. Oh, okay. I, I, I missed it. I know MDC and Neurosis played, and, and Operation Ivy with was, I think, Tim and Matt Freeman were roadies or something. And, so they got a drummer and some other guy to sing named Rat or something. You know oh, what I'm talking about? MDC roadies. They were MDC roadies, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Matt was in MDC. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, maybe they had, maybe... Tim was a roadie and Matt was the bass Did player. they have a drummer? Who was their drummer for that stuff? I don't... I think it was Auschwitz, but... Played with Operation Ivy? Yeah, it might have been, yeah. The very world-famous rapist, Al Schmitz. So, System Fuck, could you please talk a little bit about your, how your friendship or relationship with Jesse developed from being a fan of Operation Ivy to him singing on uh, your record? Well, I met him through my friend Miguel, and, uh, and, and we were all in Oakland, and, uh, you know, I met a lot of people through Miguel, but we also met um, Boots Riley from The Coup through Miguel, and I think at some point... We all went to a movie, me and Jesse and, and, and Miguel went, and then we went to listen to the new Coup record at Boots' house. That's the first time I think I, I hung out with, with Jesse. And then just over the years, I, I'd see him maybe like a couple of days a year. And it's great that the record took four years to record because I kind of got him to say, you know, to agree to do something over the course of time. And he's a busy guy. He was writing a couple of books that uh, I think... At least one of them's out. Um, I think both of them might be. I don't know the name of one of them, but the one that I read is called Whispering Bodies, and it's fucking amazing. It's a really good book. Anyways, uh, we got him to come to a practice in L.A. where he was living. He still lives in L.A. And uh, we kind of taped it, and we had it, and he knew that eventually he was going to record it with us. I don't know if I could have gotten him to do it if it was like, hey, we're recording in a couple months. Let's do it. It was more like we were eventually recording, and it took years and years. And finally, it was such a thing that we talked about for so long that he had to do it. <laughs> so it's cool. We had plenty of time to figure it out. So, um, but that forced me to finish the vocals on that song. So perfect. perfect yeah, man. the lyrics and the vocals. Um, but uh, I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, you absolutely did. Yeah, that's good. Just, just fuck all that shit, right? I'm going to the fucking army. Man, what are you, a damn fool? They don't tell you is that you don't belong to you no more. You belong to them, the government, like a slave or something.
ain't gonna be nobody. 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 Hello, 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 you're listening to the radio station CITR, and this is weekly punk rock radio show called Rocket from Russia. My name is Russian Tim, and we're broadcasting live uh, from the University of British Columbia, Canada. This is great. Uh, we just heard a song called System Fucked, which uh, from the new album of Leftover Crack called Constructs of the State, and the song features Jesse Michaels of Operation Ivy, and we heard the story how they met. Great. Let's keep listening to my interview with Stizzy Crack of Leftover Crack in the next part four of this interview. Uh, we talked about um, working with Fat Records and also on an interesting project that uh, Stizzy Crack and Fat Mike of NoFax uh, helped develop that called, called Closet Fins. Uh, let's do it. This is part four of my conversation with Stizzy Crack from Leftover Crack. Start fucking hipsters albums and the construct on the of the state uh, came out on fat. You worked with different labels and you had different relationship and experience with over time with working with labels. What about fat track uh, makes you feel that it's the right label uh, to release your music? I just um, out of all the labels we've been on, um, I feel like I get along with Fat Mike more than any other person that ran a record label that we were on. So uh, it seemed to work out. Like, he's uh, definitely the most level-headed. Not that he's level-headed, mind you. He's just the most level-headed out of <laughs> out of a group of people that include Tim Armstrong and uh, Brett Gurewitz, I guess, and uh, um, Joel Biafra. Yeah. So. Speaking of Fat Mike, you and Mike have been working with Sam Sadowski, also known as Closed Finds. Uh, could you please tell that story? Because we just witnessed a couple of pictures and videos from uh, his social media and then heard the EP. Could you please tell the story how that came about? Well, um, my friend works at a drop-in center in San Francisco, and, uh, and she was telling me about uh, like a kid that kind of was kind of going off the rails a little bit you know like a little bit crazy kind of you know it's hard to put into words exactly without incriminating anybody but uh, um, needless to say I met this person one time when I came by the drop-in center and uh, they said that they were fans of our music and that they had actually at some point they said they had covered some Joking Victim and Leftover Crack songs and they told me the name of the YouTube channel that Sam's mom had put together at some point over the years and I went to it and there was like uh, maybe 12 songs on there and I'd say seven of them were Leftover Cracker Choking Victim and there was um, like one original song and the original song was amazing it was really good and I was like I really wanted to get that recorded so I went around the Tenderloin and searched for Sam and and we found her the first day that me and Mike went looking for her, and, uh, and we realized that if we didn't get her in the studio right away that we might not be able to find her again. And so we just kind of, you know, brought her into the studio and, and recorded an EP. I think that we could get some better takes out of the stuff and get a better versions of the songs, but it's cool that we got something out there, you know? But how Mike got involved? It was... I just told Mike about it. We were putting... We're still putting together a compilation that... Um, of songs that are supposed to benefit a um, like a like a anti-police brutality benefit, you know, organization of some sort. Um, and so what I, I'd do is I'd pick the songs and the bands and talk to the bands and get their permission, and then I'd play a couple songs for Mike and see which one he liked the best. 
and then uh, I told him about Sam and that I wanted her song on it, and uh, he immediately wanted to like find her, so yeah, we did. Cool. Yeah. Hello, 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 you're listening to the radio station CITR, and this is weekly punk rock radio show called Rocket from Russia. Uh, we just heard part four of my interview with uh, Scissor Crack of Leftover Crack, and we that was a um, song by Closet Fiends, uh, which is called uh, Hero Insomnia, uh, from that EP which uh, Scissor talked about, and uh, which uh, Fat Mike um, helped, and Scissor helped... Uh, Sam to record and it was put out on Fat Rack Courts. All right, let's move on to the final part of the conversation with Stiz Crack of Leftover Crack and um, 
like I said, not the whole interview made it to this episode because there was we talked way too longer than I could possibly fit in one hour of radio broadcast. Uh, but uh, I saved those questions and I'll play it sometime in the future. Uh, there's a couple cool questions left and uh, I'll play it sometime in the future, like I said. Okay, let's do it. This is the final part of my conversation. This is a crack and uh, we talked about his relationship with uh, Hellcat and Rancid. We also talked about his other band called uh, Star Fucking Hipsters and we talked about his friendship with a friend of the show Mikey Erg. Uh, let's do it. This is part five of my conversation with Steezer Crack. So you, you had experience working with Hellcat and Epitaph and it was an interesting experience for you. From what I understand the main friction was uh, with the label management. Uh, did that affect your relationship between Tim and other Rancid guys? Because I know that he loved your band and he initially uh, wanted to sign you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, uh, I mean, there was... There was some talk with um, Sean Stern from BYO Records along like maybe a year or two before we were talking to, to Hellcat, but uh, that kind of by, by talking on the phone, I realized that we weren't really a good fit with them at the time. Though um, now we're, we're, we get along, we're friends now, and they invite us to punk rock bowling and stuff like that, which is great. And those guys are cool. Um, but there was it was weird. Things were weird for a long time. Um, but uh, Hellcat, like, yeah, things like um, went sour, especially when they um, censored our art for the the album, and um, that's mainly the problem. I mean, there were other problems. I mean, I think that they treated us as a um, a band. They they you know we were like homeless. You know, like Choking Victim was homeless. We like went to L.A. and we slept in Brad Logan's garage without a bathroom or anything, and we'd go to Epitaph and like go to the office every day like unshowered you know what we'd walk a mile in the hot LA sun without of bathing for weeks and weeks and we just stunk up the office we just hung out there because there's air conditioning and there's like free video games and like we'd eat people's leftovers and shit we were, we were brats I get it but also um there's this thing where they treated us kind of like a band that well nobody really knew us that well and they treated us as a band that was definitely gonna like not last and we weren't gonna be in you know in the punk rock world for very long so they I think they felt like they could uh, kind of treat us like shit and it would never come back on them but stuff like that just makes me want to try harder you know what I mean like if it wasn't for their adversity we might have uh, if they were really nice to us we might not have lasted very long or I might not be doing this who knows leftover crack might not be happening I've ever happened but but I, uh, when people all are against me and us, I, I think that it give, it's the best reason to continue doing what we do. If, if everybody is, um, you know, agrees with us and everybody is, like, loves us and thinks that we're righteous or whatever, then we're definitely doing something wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, keep bringing it on, everybody, you know. Bring on, bring on the hate. A few years ago, we talked about the side project, which was supposed to be called Ska Fucking Hipsters. Mm. Is it still gonna happen? Uh, and every song was gonna have ska in it. Like, it maybe it wasn't gonna be just ska, but, you know, yeah, ska yeah. punk songs, oh, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I'd love to get Star Fucking Hipsters playing again, for sure. So that's the first step, is to get everybody, to, get everybody to play a show again, and then... Once we do that, um, anything you know can happen. It's up to 
it's up to uh, all of us combined, you know? Uh, our friend in common, uh, Mike York, plays yeah. drums on, on mm -hmm. the record. Uh, could you please tell them? Because, yeah, we're just good friends and I just mm -hmm. curious how you uh, met him. I guess it was from New York, through, through Brooklyn. I met him through Frank Piaggiaro, um, our guitar player, that who's the main guy, main other guy in Starfleet Amphitheaters, who I really can't do the band without him because he's just too good a guitar player. He um, He's the only guitar player I've ever heard that that not only can play thrash and amazing guitar solos and plays ska perfectly, but also loves thrash metal and ska punk and pop punk and all the stuff that I love. Um, he's just a dynamic uh, musician and a great guy, and we like just share so much uh, similar tastes, whether it's music or like comedy and like yeah, it's just uh, we it runs the gamut. Like he's just a really sweet guy, and. Uh, he was friends with Mikey, who was interested in, in playing with us, and we didn't have a drummer at the time, and uh, he came in, and he just was a really good fit. He's just really, he's a really um, talented, you know, musician is himself, and he's one of those people that is down for whatever, and if you have a song pieced together and not any drums, he'll come in and play the thing that, that fits in there. I'll do it right away, and, and it's really easy to write with him. And also, you know, he, he has ideas for the songwriting and stuff like that, too. And it's valid. It's cool. I think that we stepped up our songwriting on on the third record because he was there, you know? Uh, I'm not saying that that record was recorded as well as the first one, maybe, but um, we had some issues with the, the engineer that recorded it. But uh, um, but the songs, are I think, are, are really great. So it's the only Stuff Against His record that... And it's only 30 minutes. It's the only record of, of Starfleet Amphitheater that I can like put on at some point and and love everything except for the acoustic Bob Dylan thing. And it's so stupid. <laughs> I don't know why they let me do that, but I guess that uh, that uh, I was having like a manic episode, and it was kind of like I was gonna do whatever I wanted anyways. But yeah, they should have put the kibosh on that. <laughs> It should have kept me aside, and, or somebody should have taken me aside and be like, hey, look, the record's great, but don't put that thing on it. But they thought it was fun at the time, too. And I don't think they thought about it after that. And I think it's, I think I could speak for everybody in Starfleet Amateurs that when we hear that record, it's great. When we hear the Bob Dylan thing on it, we're like, ooh, cringe. <laughs> what were we thinking? Um, it was cool. Um, I asked Mikey uh, like a couple months ago in the show, and that sparked us to decide to do a new an EP together. We're working on um, covers of They Might Be Giant songs. Because really? we already did Anna Ng for yeah, yeah. Volume 3, and we just all, we love that band so much that we figured that this month we're supposed to get together in the Bay Area, and I picked a few songs, and Mikey picked a few songs, and we're going to just kind of play them together and see what clicks and what doesn't. and. Usually, when, when we decide on something like that, it just clicks. Like, when we picked Anna Aang, we didn't know if it was going to work, but once we played it, learned it, and played it, automatically right away, it sounded like it did on the record. Uh -huh. It was like this really good Scott Punk song. And uh, I think we're going to get a few more of those, so That's hopefully we'll get an EP out in the next year or something.
Hello, hello, hello! That was Rocket from Russia. That was Star Fucking Hipsters cover of Might Be Giants. They might be Giants ANNG. Thank you so much for listening. That was Rocket from Russia. Duncan's Donuts coming up next. Needles and Pins are playing this weekend, and this is their song I Don't Mind. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Bye bye. What a